0: Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Podcast, an esports and gaming show. I'm Nathan Bliss, an esports and gaming writer for Reach PLC, and I'm joined by Marcus Banks of the Manchester Evening News. Hi,
1: Marcus. All right. How are things in lockdown?
0: Yeah, all right, mate. Playing games as usual, doing
1: bits and yeah, pops. I- a lot more time in our hands to, to get to grips with all the games that are out there at the minute.
0: Definitely, definitely. It, I, mean, I know a lot of industries are struggling, but in terms of gaming and esports, um, I've been busier than ever, really. So um, a lot of people in lockdown want to play games, want to compete against each other on, on different gaming titles and stuff. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see some of the guests that we have on, what they think of the situation, and uh, also get to know them a bit better as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's it's no surprise to see people flocking to football manager really. It's obviously one of the most popular football games out there now and there's no better time with all this all everyone everyone's got time on their hands, so there's no better time to to track open FM and start a new save really
0: lovely link there Marcus thanks a lot for that yeah uh, it just so happens that today we're joined by the sports interactive PR manager Tom Davidson we're going to talk everything football manager we're going to talk the rise and rise of the game because it's got even more popular during uh, the lockdown Uh, they even did the game for free for two weeks so we're going to be discussing that and also we're going to be discussing uh, his favourite players his favourite teams and also why people get an emotional connection to their saves as well. So uh, here's Tom Davidson, PR Manager at Sports Interactive. Enjoy.
2: Uh, how you doing, Tom? Hi, mate. It's good to be on. Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. It's um been a bit pretty busy weekend, but um, a bit quieter today, which is all good.
0: <laughs> well, it's been a a busy couple of months for you really hasn't it I mean while coronavirus has had a massive impact on a number of industries you seem to be getting busier rather than quieter
2: yeah definitely I mean we decided as soon as we went into lockdown really that we were gonna you know try and make this period a bit more bearable for a lot of people because obviously it's something that's new to a lot of everyone and and we recognized early on that it was going to take a pretty heavy strain on people's mental health so it's been pretty busy the first thing we did was we made the game free to play for two weeks which we would never done before and uh the response was just overwhelming we had over eight hundred and fifty thousand new players who uh picked up a game for the first time and then ever since then it's just it's just been non-stop as people have really thrown themselves into the game during this period and um you know it's been great to see we recognize obviously we're, we're very fortunate to be in this position where um, we're not been too badly affected by, by the coronavirus pandemic but it's something that we, we are mindful of that our game helps a lot of people get through this sort of thing so um, that's why we're trying to get as much out as we can at the moment
0: Yeah I think fans really appreciated making the game free I think that's pretty unprecedented really in terms of if you think of really popular games on pc xbox um unless you're subscribing to something to make a game completely free for two weeks in total
2: yeah we were we were initially going to do a week but like you say it's never been done before we didn't know how it was going to go down and we didn't know if people w- w- enough people who hadn't played the game before would, would pick it up but instantaneously we just saw things go go crazy so we decided after a couple of days of it being free for that first week we decided we'd try and um, we try and get it free for a second week and luckily Sega who are our parent company and also steam the platform that we release the game on they both bought into it and said yeah no problem got everything signed off nice and early so we we had no problem putting it live for a second week and it's just been wonderful to see people who started during that free week or free fortnite move on and, and pick up the game afterwards and continue their saves and our you know discovering the game
1: brand new basically as if they've never played it before and um yeah we 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 hope that continues without going into the the specifics of numbers or whatever have you seen a large number of people actually buy the game the full game rather than just extend a two-week trial because i know i know a lot of my mates have uh, never tried the game before and then picked it up when it's free and they've all obviously like i have and a lot of people have fallen in love with the game so they've decided to buy it so they can continue their saves yeah
2: yeah definitely we have seen um we've seen a, a an update and not just on not just in the full game either i think across all of the different versions of the game so football manager touch um and mobile as well have both have both seen an increase so you know it, i think it's one of those games that you can find that same experience at different levels which is why it appeals to different people at this time because even though you a lot of people now have more time on their hands they don't want to spend it you know sat in front of a laptop when maybe they've been working from home looking at a screen for you know eight hours a day but if it's there on the mobile you can still get that experience um it's obviously still attracting a lot of people so yeah we have we have seen a, a an increase and um we're mindful of the fact that this is an exceptional time so we don't want to you know take take those numbers for granted we're going to try and do everything we can to give people you know enough of a reason to to join us on fm21 as well and i don't want
0: to kind of put you on the spot i don't know if you've got any kind of statistics or anything but do you know like what the most popular teams were to manage who who was the player that people bought the
2: most? If you do you know any of those off the top of your head? So yeah, the most the most signed player is Erling Haaland, which you know is no surprise <laughs> considering how good he's been in real life. But yeah, he he has been far and away the most the most signed players. And that, and that's from like right back until the bit from a beta. When we when we first launched that back in October, um, he was immediately the one people were trying to snap up. So so yeah, he's he's the hot property. You've got players like Jude Bellingham from uh, Birmingham City. He's been very very popular as well across all different countries. Um, you know, teams that people in countries who probably haven't heard of Birmingham City have, have signed Bellingham, which is which is interesting. And in terms of teams, I don't know if it's just because of the fact that it's the only league that's running at the moment, but the Bundesliga has been massively popular, certainly over the last last couple of months. That's partly because we put a lot of emphasis on it as one of our licensed leagues, but certainly in the, in the last few weeks, we've seen people starting new saves in the Bundesliga and in Bundesliga 2 as well. So there's clearly an interest there. We'll see if um, over the next few weeks when you know the Bundesliga starts to really get back underway and, and we see um, more and more games being played behind closed doors, whether people will start to find a team that they become second supporters of, as it were, and, and, and start saves there. So so that's been interesting. But yeah, G- German football is definitely a hotbed at the moment. And and obviously Haaland, yeah, he's, he's an incredible player in real life and in FM. So um, I think he might be at the top of the list of most signed players for a long while to come.
1: I think that says a lot about my ability as manager then because every time I seen to sign on my saves, I can never get him scored on, and I don't know why, <laughs> you Say he is easily one of the best strikers in the game but maybe, maybe I, that's just
2: me. I had the same with Timo Werner, I signed him, uh, I got him really cheap, I got him for like £35 million on my saves and I just couldn't get anything out of him, I think he got like four goals the whole season, I was playing him every match. So, yeah, I feel your pain on that one. Yeah, I'm not alone, at
1: least. That's good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it was really interesting, Tom, how you mentioned about how people
0: tend to go for places like the Bundesliga, who some teams maybe that they're not too familiar with, and we we do see a lot of people, such as the kind of emotional attachment of the game, if you like. We see a lot of people get their second teams from Football Manager. I know me personally ten years ago. I used to start a lot of saves with Valencia and now they're kind of a team I always look out for in terms of results and stuff. It's hard to explain, is it, for people who don't play it regularly and aren't really familiar with Football Manager, but you do have a deep emotional connection, don't you, with teams if you do a long term
2: save with them? Absolutely. It's one of my favourite things about the game is how how you create this story basically. You get really sucked into to the entire like club culture, you find yourself like researching what the stadium looks like, what their history is in the game and things like that. And you do get really, really attached to the players as well. So yeah, I mean, it's something that we see a lot from overseas as well, where it crops up every now and again, maybe like two or three times a season where there'll be someone in South America or Asia who has started a game on Football Manager as like a League Two or panorama level English club and they've obviously taken them to the top and become the best team in the world. But- then they'll fly in from wherever they're from to watch their team play in real life and they'll spend like thousands of pounds on flights and accommodation um, and they'll just, they'll turn up. Sometimes they'll get in touch with the club and see if they can, you know, meet the players or whatever, but a lot of the time they'll just turn up at the stadium unannounced and then we find out about it because they've emailed the club afterwards to say, oh, it's great to go and watch your team at last. But it does have that emotional impact. I mean, I felt it, I've had it on my saves as well, not so much in terms of, you know, I've never traveled to go and watch a team play yet but um you do you do sort of keep an eye out for how they get in the real life you sort of keep an eye out on on what what they're doing what their transfer uh, activities like I mean I had it let's say years ago I took over a German they were in the German second division at the time they were called Aachen and they actually went bust I think like five or six years ago and I was genuinely gutted I was like well that's the end. I was going to go back to them one day and, and try and lead them back to the to the top of the Bundesliga, but can can happen now. So um, so yeah, you do you do build up that affinity with the club and the players, and and I can't think of many other games that that give you that.
0: It sounds like a stupid question, but obviously before Football Manager, it was Championship Manager. Was that the original purpose of the game? If you like, was it meant to be that immersive and that much of an emotional experience, or did that just happen? organically, like magically as as the game developed and more and more people started playing it?
2: I think it was definitely a consideration because so the Collier brothers who who founded Sports Interactive and and created the original championship manager versions, they created it because they felt that there was nothing else on the market that really um did what they wanted a a football management game to do. And the key to for them was to have you just as one part of a bigger universe. So if you were unemployed in any other game at the time, you would, the game would be over. You'd, you would, that wasn't an option. Whereas Championship Manager was the first to give you that experience of like looking for a club and things would still be going on around you. You'd still have like tournaments taking place, transfers being made. So that was at the heart of the philosophy of the game from from day one. And I think when you have something like that, that's, believable world in its own right it's only natural that you start to uh, start to believe things that you see in it you start to connect with it in a different way to if it was just everything revolving around you and you were you were central to everything that happened in the game so over the years it's obviously evolved massively from from where it started but i think that initial idea and that initial philosophy was always in it stretching right back to to the very early versions of the game
0: There's always like a story, I know with my mates anyway and myself, someone always has a story about, oh, this player's big now, but I I signed him first, I'm (laughs) football manager before anyone else. Uh, And I think mine was Robert Lewandowski. I bought him from Lech Poznan. It must have been eight, nine years ago now, uh, around then. But a lot of people don't realise how detailed the scouting is on the game and how many actual players are in the game. And uh, I used to be a researcher for West Brom on the game i did it for a number of years so i know the amount of work that research has to go into to watch under 23s under 18s the main matches obviously as well but i don't think many people realize just how much work goes into the making of this game so i don't know if you just want to expand on on that a little bit
2: yeah i think you you're definitely right about people i mean i didn't but i was a fan for for years playing the game before I, i joined the studio and it's been the thing that's really opened my mind the most into how much work goes into creating it each year is is the research side of it. And you're right. I mean, we have at, at the latest in FM20, for example, there's over 800,000 players and and staff and directors and that kind of thing that are in are in the full database. So it's a huge, huge beast now the, the FM database, and it's it, we'll we'll probably if we don't pass it we'll be very very close to having a million people in the database when we get into into this year's game and and i think that you've got to realize that each player and each person who's been put into that database has been logged by someone who's got real experience of them so they've seen them play they know what their characteristics are like they know what sort of player they are they know what sort of manager they are if they're if they're, if they're a manager so it's a huge undertaking each year and, and as you said you know from firsthand what it's like um i mean I think now the research document that gets sent out to all of the researchers across the world. And there's just over a thousand of them, which again is a massive number. It's about 800 pages. So it's a real like Bible of how to, how to make sure that you're assessing a player correctly. And and a lot of them have gone on to, to work in, in professional football. So a lot of them have become scouts. A lot of them have become data analysts. Few of them have become, you know, directors of football. So there's a real pedigree in there now, and and, and over the years, I mean, even in the time I've been working there, the the level of of research and accuracy and the different tools we use has has gone up massively, and and it's become a real strength to us now to the point where clubs come to us looking for data on players and transfer targets and that kind of thing. So it's it's become almost a, a sort of side project in its own right
0: yeah i remember that document well tom um every <laughs> I think, time i think sent out
1: <laughs> i think fm benefits from another thing which a lot of games obviously don't as well which is that in the fact that you can play for year on year on year because of, of regens or new gens or it's a, it's it's a constantly evolving database from the game you start really to all the the players that come in through you youth intake. take i know personally that's one of my favorite things is finding those youth prospects and then seeing them them grow over the course of your save. And, and a lot of my friends are too, where we always talk about like, oh, I've got this, I this region in Colombia, this 16 year old goalkeeper who's got a ridiculous stats as well. So I think that's another area where, like you say, you can just keep going year on year because it's a constantly evolving database. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean,
2: that's one of the great bits about FM is that your story and your career, your journey never ends because you know there's always a new challenge. You can, you can play hundreds and hundreds of years into the future if you want to. Um, and and yeah, I I completely agree about when the when the uh, new gens come in. It's 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 one of the best bits for me because they come in with like fully fleshed out personalities. You can uh, obviously get as hands on as you want in terms of like overseeing their development, mm-hmm. trying to turn them into the next Lionel Messi if you want to. And they all have their own, you, you sort of give them backstories, but they all have mm-hmm. their own backstories that they they sort of grow into. So, you know, I can remember having, I had quite a, I was a championship club, but I had like, I'd really invested in the youth side of things. So I had a really top draw youth setup, And I can remember we managed to attract this, like, I think he was 17 years old Argentinian kid who turned up and he was like he he, his technical attributes and his physical attributes there but his mental game was not and so i just spent ages just like putting one of the most experienced players in the squad (laughs) mentoring him and yeah 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 trying to turn him turn him into uh you know a model professional and um yeah i suppose it it really does breathe new life into the game because you know i think initially if you if you're playing it and you know all the Top stars are, are long retired. You sort of think oh, that's going to be a bit, a mm-hmm. bit rubbish, isn't it? What I, uh, if there's no you know uh, global star in there anymore? What's the point? But then, yeah, you do get so attached to them, and you and, and when you do finally get that sort of rough diamond that you can bring through and, and turn into a, a football god, then um then it's the
1: most satisfying feeling I think in the game, even more than winning. You know, all the big trophies. Yeah, and that, and that goes back to how again how immersive the game is that you can essentially shape it and you which i not a real life player, but you can shape his development by who you're tutoring with, who you mentor him with, how much game time you're giving like like you are actually managing a human, even though it's it's obviously a game, but again that just goes back to show like how detailed and in depth and the control you have really, even if you're just behind a laptop or computer screen. Yeah, absolutely. I
2: think the only thing that's possibly even better than when you get a real potential superstar come through that you can you can develop and put into the first team and watch him fly, I think the only thing that's better than that, bet, I've only had it once, but when you get your son, so you can get an in-game yeah, son. Yeah. like it's so rare, but it happens. But occasionally they can come through, and uh, I can remember. But I have only had it happen once, and somehow he turned up, and he was. I had no left backs really of any sort of decent <laughs> level in the squad. He was an elite level left back. I was England manager at one point, so I put I forced him into the England setup, and he got a. <laughs> He got like a last minute winner in a, in a Euro semi final. So he, he had like a, the absolute perfect career as well, which made it even sweeter.
0: Made it easier that his dad was obviously helping him along. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
1: exactly. He wouldn't have stood a chance otherwise. I don't know about you. When I'm managing a team and I've got a, a young kid coming through, if I do take a national job as well, I like, I like to throw them in the air, uh, mm. throw them in at the deep end because it helps the development as well it gives me a little bit boost of a transfer value, I suppose.
0: What I absolutely love about the game, there's obviously there's loads of things, but I think the main thing is the fact that there is the in-game helper, but if you turn that off, you are completely on your own to a certain extent, and you need to go out and find different ways of different ways of working. So there's obviously the tactical presets you can do, but there's no one really to help you to say, this is how you should play, and this is exactly the roles you should play, and this is who you should scout, and this is who you should pick for the team. So... I think that kind of element of control over it. I think that's so immersive that I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've I've booted it up, and then all of a sudden it's two a.m. and I'm still in like Brazil looking at youngsters that I can sign on <laughs> on the uh, on the induction day. It's just it's just one of those things. If you find it for yourself, the level of kind of achievement that you feel is just unprecedented.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I think that it's one it can be one of the most frustrating games out there at times and it can really you know it it can get under your skin in a way that you when things aren't going well you'll try every single thing that you know to try and turn things around and if it ever finally pays off or when you when you finally win your first trophy or Whatever level of success you achieve, it's so it's the most satisfying feeling in any game that I've ever played. Um, even now, even after playing all the, after all these years, when you, when you finally, I mean, there's I've taken teams from like uh, you know League Two all the way to the top of um of England and like the little victories you get on the way of doing that is is um, if the feeling's unbeatable and it swings both ways you can you can be up till half two three o'clock in the morning you won't go to bed until you win a game because you don't want to go to bed on a on a bad note and then you'll finally get that win and it's like the rest of the night is all is all worthwhile but yeah, at the same time, you can stay up to three AM. You know, just trying to get through the season because you know that the first league title or the first European trophy is is within reach. So yeah, I think it's it's a game that has that. We always talk about in in the office, and I, I know some people in the FM community talk about like that feeling of just one more game. Even now, I think that's one of the game's biggest strength is that we've been going for 25 years producing football management games and even now that's still there even after you've added in all these like different elements of the game has got a lot more complex in in a lot of cases um over the years but it's still at the heart of it no matter what you put in there it's still that feeling when you get on match day and it's just an incredible incredible achievement i think to get that yeah. still in there after all this time
0: i completely agree i mean the amount of times that I think I go through a cycle. So what'll happen with me is I'll I'll concede like a last minute winner and I'll lose a game and I'll just I'll just flip the lid on my laptop and I'll say that's it for now for tonight. I just need a break. I need to like reset. And then in the middle of the night I'll be I'll just wake up and think, what about if I pair the Mozilla support <laughs> the BBM. <laughs> What about if I put the DM on support and then I move the complete win back to attack? And then the next day, I'll be excited to boot it back up again. Even though I've gone on that massive low, it pulls me back in again and again because the level of complexity within the tactical thing for me really is the thing that draws me in. The amount of stuff you can do, it just pulls you in every time. No matter how low the low is, you're always going to chase that high of getting it right.
2: Yeah, and especially now when we have so many, as you say, so many tactical options. You sort of want part to, of, part of what I've enjoyed over the past couple of years is trying to create like a a tactical identity. So a system that I can take from one club to the other, you know, like the likes of Pep and, and Jürgen Klopp have used, um, they've taken it f- throughout their careers. I, I want that. And that has become like a real challenge for me. And, and again, like you'll, You'll start off and you'll see that the players have got no clue what you want to do. Like you can set, you can set them really basic instructions and then you'll throw in like one element that you want them to to be known for, whether that's like short passing or like a really intense press, but, and they'll just sort of stand on the pitch bewildered and you'll inevitably (laughs) get spanked. But then you slowly, you'll see it, you'll see it happening. And then like you might, it might just be that you score one, beautiful team goal that builds those elements in and you start to think this is it and then after that there's no there's no looking back
0: yeah definitely and i know you mentioned the the community i mean that's been a massive help for me um, in terms of tactical stuff and it's one of the most special communities i've found in in terms of gaming the amount of forums the amount of content creators on twitter mm. and different blogs the amount of people that and the variation as well of the different projects that people do, it's just incredible. It's such a tight knit community, really. For such
1: especially, especially the people who make the throw. I don't know. I'm not sure whether you have played them. Like the throwback databases. I personally, yeah, I, I I love playing them. Like going back to play with players who at the time. I was maybe a bit too young to use, but then going back and people who've made these throwback databases with an extra 20,000 players on using the match engine to just throw you back into that era of prime Fernando Torres and prime Wayne Rooney and stuff like that, it's just insane. You you look for that that nostalgic feel and the game allows you to do that. It's just unbelievable, really.
0: The, the fact someone's gone to that much effort and took that many hours to go back and, and put that many, it just shows how immersed the community is in, in, in the game, really.
2: Yeah, they're fantastic for us in terms of like you say, getting that information and, and helping to breathe new life into the game with like databases and, and, and things like that. It's um they're are fantastic. And I think you talked about like the breadth of, of variety there is from the content creators and, and the different members of the community. I mean, yeah, I think that's down to the fact that the game is so vast in terms of the amount of clubs that you can take over, but also we touched on that a little bit earlier about how there's no like one one size fits all approach to to football manager because every single club is 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 unique and every single club will have its own challenges and so what they put out is sort of you know things that have worked for them that they think could work for other clubs and so you sort of find yourself trying things out and then maybe you'll tweet certain things to suit your approach but without them you wouldn't have had the idea to do that so they are they are a real asset for us and yeah I th- we i mean this weekend for example there were i think eight streamers uh fm streamers who got together in a in a fantasy draft game which was you know fantastic especially when it, that's that sort of things very. We we used to host something called the Creators Cup ourselves, and, yeah, and setting right. that up and, and, and our offices was was a task. You know, bringing everyone together, making sure everything was running smoothly. But when we're in these circumstances where you know bandwidth is is at a premium and that sort of thing, to pull that off was um, was spectacular. So so well done to them.
0: And you obviously had the uh, AFL Cup as well, didn't you? Over the last few weeks, uh, that's been massive for you, hasn't it? I mean, that's just been incredible to watch. Brentford won, didn't they, in the end?
2: What a weekend it was! We had the live semi-finals and final, so we had fifty-four clubs originally to part, fifty-four AFL teams, and it all started really with. It was just a throwaway idea about what we could do because we obviously with no with no football on. It's. Terrible for everyone, every single club, but particularly those clubs right at the bottom of the EFL in League One, League Two, their match day revenues, you know, are huge, huge for them. So um, we wanted to try and not only give people a way of being entertained, but to, to make sure that those guys had a had a platform to be engaged uh, upon and like, you know, to, to be involved with and hopefully go quite far into a tournament so we can shine a light on them and it was just fantastic throughout the whole the whole tournament all 54 clubs got right behind it we had a few uh famous faces who were in charge of the different teams we had joe lolly was in charge of forest he took his side all the way to the semi-finals lost to a last minute winner then we had charlie cooper from bbc's this country he was in charge of fulham gave some fantastic press conferences and interviews he got to the semi-finals as well and then They play Brentford in a West London derby, and it was the maddest game of FM I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. So Charlie was 2-0 up and cruising, and Brentford were down to 10 men. And then the Brentford boss decided to just stick to one at the back. So a one-man central defence with, I think he had two wing-backs as well. And somehow he went from, he scored two in five minutes and then got an 89th-minute winner to go into the final. And then in the final, he went 1-0 down. We're thinking, well, he can't come back from this. This is, you know, they're 1-0 down. They'd been under the cosh a little bit. And then he just sort of turned things up. They got an instant reply. And they were on top for the rest of the game. Went all the way to penalties. But I think they won it 6-5 in the end. And we couldn't have asked for a better climax to the tournament. And, uh, and yeah, again, Brentford got right behind it. Posted, like, the, the the trophy celebration image that you get in the game. They posted that online as a GIF. So, um <laughs> So, yeah, it was great to see. And I think today they'd uh, someone had changed the Brentford Wikipedia page so that their honours section had <laughs> the EFL FM Cup under it. So, well done to them.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because you mention about unlikely things happening and mad things happening on the game. And you do get the odd few people tweet, especially Miles Jacobson tweet, oh, this happened in my game. How unlikely is this? Oh, this is ridiculous. And I think someone tweeted the other day about how a goalkeeper cost him a goal in the Champions League final. (laughs) Miles Jacobson, if you don't know who Miles Jacobson is, is the studio director of Sports Interactive uh, head honcho, I think you'd say. And he tweeted back saying, Loris Karius did that. A few years ago, in real life, so it's just what happens, isn't it? It's it. Anything can happen in the, in a game of football, and the football manager is just another extension of that.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think a, a lot of the things that you see, if they happened once a season, you wouldn't you wouldn't bat an eyelid. But because people get through, sort of, they'll probably get through. Uh, well, this time, this this period of time, they'd probably get through um, a season in a week. So when you're seeing so that one thing or two things happen every uh, every every time you log on to the, play the game yeah. as it were then it sort of feels a lot more often than it, than it actually is so um so there's there, there's that to take into consideration and we actually uh, one of the things that we often get uh, sent into us on social is the old adage of being fm would which is you dominate (laughs) possession you have like 50 shots on goal but you lose 1-0 and we actually looked into this a few years ago in the top 5 leagues across Europe more often than not the the 1-0 scoreline was the winning team had fewer possession fewer shots so it was it was you know stacking up to how it actually takes place in the real world and i, I know we've all been to games where we've done our teams dominated play and has somehow seen it slip through our fingers so it's like, we have to put that in there as well and, and and the match engine doesn't care if you're a human player or a computer to to the match engine it's just two teams and it will play out and it will take into account a huge amount of different variables so every now and again it's only natural that you're going to get you're going to get those freak results
0: so the game is not against you if you're if you're having a few bad results it's not the game it's just football that's just the it's, only explanation it's football
2: it's just football it's just, just football
0: if someone if someone ever gives you a tweet on social and says oh I've been FM'd and they send you a screenshot. You should just send the screenshot of Celtic versus Barcelona a couple of years ago. Wasn't it like 85% <laughs> possession or something for Barcelona? And then Celtic yeah. won with, with a 1-0 goal, I think it was. So uh, yeah, you should just send them that.
2: Our marketing manager, Alan's a massive Celtic fan. So that, that picture is like <laughs>
1: plastered everywhere. Is he know. in the
0: office? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, speaking about unexpected events, obviously the whole situation now is very unexpected and obviously will affect fm going forward as well as real life football. i was wondering whether there's anything you could talk about of how it's going to impact the new game and whether that's that's going to be acknowledged in a new game really whether uh, or is it just the case of just waiting to see how the rest of the season actually pans out before going ahead there's definitely
2: a lot of wait and see involved so um internally we're calling this period business as unusual is what it's been termed because For the vast majority of the team, it is business as usual, because the vast majority of the game doesn't rely on real world football taking place. We have hundreds and hundreds of feature requests that we get in every year. We have to sort through those as there's uh, the ones that are going to make it into the game each year. They have to go through a design process. And. The developers will talk about, you know, how it should be integrated across different areas of the game. So th- those conversations are still happening, and things are still, you know, full full steam ahead, sort of thing. the The group it really affects. We have a team called, we call the rule groups team, and they're in charge of replicating, you know, the competitions, leagues, cups mm-hmm. across the world, and making sure that they're taking place in the same way that they are taking place in the real world. So they're sort of waiting to see what. Each governing body is going to decide uh, if if next season is going to be pushed back. How that's going to be impacting the game. So it's still May, so it's not it's not too much of an issue at this stage um, for us in terms of that. But if we get into you know August and seasons are being pushed back, um, obviously we have to look at, at what we do with that. But yeah, I mean, on the whole, it's still full steam ahead, and and uh, everyone still. Getting on with the the usual work that we would be doing at this stage of the cycle.
1: So is it possible for? I know FM have done this in the past with things like Brexit and anything like that. Is it possible that we could see a, a global pandemic added into the game that could randomly appear in someone's save in a few years' time? <laughs> Not. I mean, we haven't got any plans to at the moment. We was. I mean, as
2: soon as as soon as uh, obviously this became you know a massive global issue, but we we did get approached a lot on social media about are you going to add the coronavirus into the game? And the thing is, we talked about how the game is never ending and it, it stretches over hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, I mean, hopefully, our, our hope is that this virus is only going to be with us for a, a short period of time that um, eventually we'll find a vaccine and we can we can forget about this horrible period of, of, of time. But it, it, I think if you're playing a save that's hundreds of years into the future, it'd look a bit odd if there was a, It'd be like having smallpox in the game now. Um, it would look a bit, a bit out of place. But we do have, I mean, there are there are certain viruses in the game, unnamed viruses, that can knock a player out for a year. So they can be uh, spend a year out of action, and you have there's nothing you can do but wait for them to recover and, and come back to training. Um, most viruses in the game will take two, two to three weeks for a player to recover from, and then you have different seasonal illnesses, like flu, colds and that kind of thing that that will take a player out for a few days so um so there are elements in there already of you know uh, viruses that can have a, a significant impact on your squad and obviously if you don't take the precautions of sending a player home, there's a risk mm-hmm. that it infect the rest of the squad as well. So that sort of thing is modelled in there. It's just, you know, we're, we're very cautious about adding anything in that is going to look out of place in a few years' time.
0: Talking about the new game, there was some well-documented issues when the game first launched with the match engine in regards to attacking movement. And obviously that was rectified to an extent in the February update I was just going to ask with a match engine is it a constant evolution or is it a brand new match engine for every version of FM
2: the base of the match engine is is always there in terms of you know having 11 players lined up playing a certain way, that that stuff's still there, but everything else that goes around it is constantly revisited. It's a constant battle in some respects between you know, the developers and then the AI in the match engine because the AI the in AI the match engine is amongst the most advanced in video games because for our players, every single player, every and that's not just players on the pitch, that's the substitutes as well, is making a decision every one quarter of a second about what they should do. So when you're trying to micromanage that, over the course of a 90-minute match because every single game in FM, even though you don't watch it for 90 minutes, it is a full 90-minute simulation. So trying to micromanage that is a nightmare, as you can imagine, because we could spend a year basically trying to get every single player to make a realistic decision in one match that lasts 90 minutes and just release that, and that would be it because it's it's just a constant battle when you have so many different elements and um, when you're trying to make... The game and the make the match engine better each year and make it a more realistic representation of football. You're adding in new elements, you're adding in new animations and that kind of thing. So even the slightest little things can imbalance it. And you mentioned about the attacking movement issues. I mean, when we looked at it, it was a combination of things that were that were occurring where defenders weren't quite moving at the right time, attackers were getting into spaces that they hadn't been getting into or shouldn't be getting into, and and so you can most people think think that it's like a case of just oh toggling the sliders so oh we'll just turn defense (laughs) just defending up a bit and move attacking down a bit but it's such a complex operation that you have to look at thousands and thousands of lines of code and work out you know what what's happening here where the tendencies are uh you know what sort of players are, is it affecting more is it affecting quicker players or slower players and, and where's the barriers and so trying to even identify the issue in the first place is 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 quite an undertaking and then trying to fix it so that you don't go too far the other way as well yeah it's a real real fine balancing act each, each year and it, it, it it's going to get harder each year as we add more stuff in but the tools we're working with are better and 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 the team do a fantastic job each year of really making sure that they're looking at enough real football i think last year they must have watched well over a thousand matches in full to work out where players are moving where what what sort of decisions they're making in terms of the different areas of the pitch so i think if you ask uh, the match team they'd say it's the it's the hardest job that anyone has to do in the studio is is handling handling the match. I think I think the match engine we've got now after the uh after a winter update is is a really, really solid one. I, I've really enjoyed it on my I started a new save at the start of, of the lockdown and it's been the save that I played the most over over this over F M twenty. And uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. I felt I feel like it it behaves as I would expect it to behave at the different levels because that's the other thing we have to take into account that the football you're gonna see playing, you know, European and international football week in, week out is gonna be a lot different than when you're playing, you know, non league on a Tuesday evening in, in the rain. It's gonna it's gonna have a different feel to it. There's gonna be different styles and we have to cater for everything, every single level of, of football in the game. So I played I, I started at the bottom, went to the top and I've been really, really immersed in it as as I've gone through.
0: And in addition to that, you mentioned about all the decisions you also have to factor in mistakes because players are human and they're going to make mistakes so there's there's another added layer of complexity isn't there to the game
2: absolutely and and above i mean we have all the uh all the mental attributes obviously laid out on each player's profile but you just can't account for someone doing something crazy and the game will have that factored in there and 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 even even behind the scenes even the stuff that you don't see having an impact i didn't realize for a long time it had an impact but things like jet lag so when you're coming back from a big european away day on a on a thursday evening and then you're playing again on a saturday afternoon that's going to have an impact things like playing altitude as well the players will get tired quicker if they're not used to it so those sort of things are all added in and it's such a complex machine the the match engine it's such a such a wild beast as I said it's I, I wouldn't even know where to start with if, if they suddenly sat me down in front of it and said what could we improve here in terms of just looking at the code I would be well out of my depth so yeah I'll leave it to the uh the people who, who are much much cleverer than I am
0: you for listening to the level up podcast and esports and gaming show
1: make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at level up pod
0: we'll be back for another episode very soon